This is Small Talk with 101 ESPN's Michelle Smallman. It's episode 147 of Small Talk. Your host, Steve Cerruti and Michelle Smallman with you. And Cerruti, um, I know we have a lot to get to today. We're going to talk to Jen Latta, our friend from ESPN Milwaukee, ESPN National. You probably just saw her on the coverage of the Spelling Bee. She was killing it. And Milwaukee and Wisconsin in general seems to be the epicenter of all of the drama and action in sports these days. So we're going to talk to our good friend Jen here in a second. But before we do that, Cerruti, what's up? Nothing. But I was just going to say, yeah, pumped to have Jen. And you're right, Milwaukee is sort of the center of the drama universe in sports. But I thought the Midwest, there was supposed to be no drama in the Midwest. What's going on? You know, there is really no drama, I guess, with the Bucks because Giannis is like the perfect guy for Milwaukee and that he yeah. is all business, like only cares about hooping, which is why I think a lot of people like him. They're, he's not trying to team up with everybody else and start a super team. He's like, no, fuck that. Like, I'm going to do me. I'm really freaking good. And I don't need to do that. That's why I've always liked guys like he and Damian Lillard, although Damian Lillard now is maybe on the trade block as well. But yeah, uh, yeah no, it'd be good to talk to Jen. Milwaukee, a place I've never been, but I've always wanted to go. Oh, Saruti, we got to get you to Milwaukee. I well, I got to get to St. Louis first. But <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. If you St. Louis one, Milwaukee two. If you cruised through Milwaukee before you came to St. Louis, we would have some. Could issues. you imagine? Oh, my no. God. Hey, I'm in Milwaukee this weekend. What's up? You would probably stop talking to me. I would rightly like, so. For what? For yeah, but just a, just a good weekend. <laughs> just wanted to get away. Wanted to check out the Midwest. You know, you would have a, a brain aneurysm. I would fly out there and kill you. <laughs> yeah, 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 I, I wouldn't would, kill that you. That would be a bummer of a move. No, maybe I'll try to kill two birds with one stone at one point. So I have friends who live in Chicago, um, but they go up to Milwaukee all the time. I think their parents have a place up there uh, and they are like obsessed with it. And they say, you know, it's an awesome city. So I've always wanted to go again. I feel like I'd fit in well in this is why I drafted Wisconsin three and I've never even been to Milwaukee, but I know, I know the people of, uh, of Milwaukee would embrace me and I would embrace them. They would love you, Saruts. And after I saw your reaction in Madison, I know you'd love Milwaukee. And Milwaukee's a great time. And this may not surprise you at all, but I was, of course, very offended that first take dis Milwaukee so badly when they yeah, were saying I mean, they didn't want to go there. I'm like, none of you guys could have been to Milwaukee. And if you went to Milwaukee and had a bad time, that's a reflection on you. If you couldn't have a good time in Milwaukee, you can't have a good time anywhere because Milwaukee is a blast. I'll get into it with Jen a little bit because I have a question for her about this, but I'm just so tired of the bi-coastal thing and how like, and it happens in the NBA. It happens in a lot of sports now where it's like, if you're not in one of these like three markets, then what are you doing? You have to get to a bigger market. And it's just like, there are, there are cool places all across the United States that you want to live. It's not just Miami, New York, LA, maybe Chicago. Uh, I don't know. I just, I, it just annoys me that people just dismiss places of the country that they've never been just because they have some sort of preconceived notion about what it is. I like for one, I'm not trying to like do a pro America thing, but I like for one that there are so many different parts of this country because it's so freaking big that there's just totally different vibes to every little corner. I've talked to Will Kane about this a lot and he, you know, he's echoed this a ton too, is that the regionalism of the country is actually really cool and how you can go to 50 different states and you have, can have a completely different experience of what America is in 50 different places. And yeah, I know that's kind of like that in some other countries, especially in Italy, like they still have the North South dynamic, right? Um, which is cool, but I don't, there's just nothing like, you know, America where it's just like, there's just different things that you can do and different vibes based on whatever state you're in, how big, no matter how big or how small it is. So I love that part. And I get annoyed when people are like, Oh, if it's not in New York or LA, then I don't count me out. It's like, dude, grow up and like actually see some shit. Yeah. The, you know what they say, Steve, there's not a boring time or boring places. There's boring people. That's true. And you're, if you're with the right people too, no matter where you are, you should be able to have a good time. That's right. I also think it says something to be adaptable, right? 
I can hang out in a bonfire on a folding chair and drink a can of Bud Light and have a great time. Could also get down drinking some champagne on a yacht, right? Yeah, you, you go from bougie to chill in record time. And that's a great quality to have. But more people need to be that way. They need to be adaptable. You need to be able to adapt to any situation and be able to have a good time. Yeah. And I, I get uncomfortable with the bougie stuff sometimes. Like I don't like being overly fancy. Like you're a little bit more like you could, you could roll in those circles a little bit more than I can. I'm just like down home chill. This is why, again, Milwaukee is probably the place for me, but I do, I, I do love going to the city. Um, when I say the city, for those of us in the Northeast, that's New, that's New York city. It's the city. No, um, no. I've never anywhere in America, the city. This, is New York. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so th- just in case anybody was confused there, I've never been an LA guy. I just think it's kind of weird spread out. I've just, it's not kind of my vibe. Now, if I was in like Manhattan beach with Rosillo, like, all right, maybe that's a different scene, but yeah. like, you know, LA and Hollywood, I just never really been my scene. Um, yeah, so, can't see, can't see you, Saruti, going to Earth Cafe in WeHo. No, 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 no. <laughs> and I'm just, you know, and even I mean, we went to Miami for the All Star Game, and you were, we were talking about Miami a little bit. Again, not my vibe. Too hot, you know. I know there are cool things to do down there, but it's just, mm-hmm. it's just not my scene. There's too much going on. There's too much weird shit. Some of my favorite vacations are smaller towns like, like Charleston, Savannah. Loved it, absolutely loved yeah, it so because cute. it was like a small, cool, like kind of quaint. Charleston's still like a kind of a big spot, but that's way more my speed than some of the bigger cities. So we're going to talk about this a little bit later with Jen, because I want to get her take on some things from Miami. But Steve, I am fresh off of a plane from a Miami weekend. So it's funny you bring up Miami. And I'm going to talk about this with Jen. I always forget that Miami is, because I spent a lot of time there. I would say relative to other places, have I spent more time in New York, Chicago? Yes. But when we worked in Connecticut, weirdly, I felt like I went to Miami a handful of times. There's always an event there, right? They, yeah, there was an event there. Thing, Super Bowl, I worked on college football, Virgin baseball. Izzy, that was based yep. in Miami. So I went there a few times. I've been there several times on trips. So I feel like comparatively to most major cities in America, I've spent, I spent some time in Miami, right? And I love Miami. I always have a great time when I'm there. I love the culture. I love the beach. I love that... You could take it up to a 10 or you could take it down to a two in Miami. There's a lot of different vibes going on there, which I love, but I always forget that it's essentially like another country that it, Mm -hmm. it couldn't be further from my life here in St. Louis from a cultural standpoint, from what is the word I'm looking for here? Just what's normal, what's accepted as normal behavior or societal norms. Like you can walk in anywhere in Miami, Steve, and not have any clothes on. And it's just accepted. You have to though, because it's too, it's too damn hot there. I mean, when we were there in August, it was borderline unenjoyably (laughs) too hot. The beach, we went to the beach and the sand was too hot to walk on. The water was hot. It wasn't even refreshing to go in. I just, I'm like, how do people do this? I'm one of those people, I'd rather be a little bit cold and a little bit hot. Um, mm-hmm. and I definitely don't want to be super hot, like Miami style. So that's just, that's, and maybe that's, maybe that's why I'm so down in Miami. Just it's, I can't be, the, I, can, I don't want to be sweating for no reason. Right. Totally understand. Um, we had a boat day, we had a pool day, we had a beach day. And I was the person that when we were going to a restaurant or popped at a little bar or whatever, I'd be like, Oh, let me get my cover up and put it on. And then I do. And I walk in and no, no. one has clothes on. And it's just fine. And I'm fine with it. But I'm like, oh, that's because I'm from the Midwest. And I could never walk into a restaurant. Yeah, imagine, a if you, imagine if someone like who's dressed like Miami just got plopped into, I don't know, random downtown St. Louis. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on right now? That would actually be a really funny reality show is to take someone who's a native of Miami, who's used to dressing so flashy and showing a lot of skin and being able to be in a swimsuit 24-7. and Drop being them in the scene. 
loud in Miami. And, yep. and drop them in St. Louis and see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, that would actually be great. And then you could do it with different cities. You could drop somebody from, I don't know, country Alabama and put them in Hollywood, see what their deal was, you know, totally. cocktail bar. <laughs> yeah. Or how about somebody from Texas up in like Vermont? Yep. Well, what's weird is the Vermont, New Hampshire vibe is kind of is it's the South of the North, if that makes sense. Oh, you know, okay. because so not, so. not, I'm not saying like politically or whatever, but like more in like the, you know, there's a lot of ranches, there's livestock up there, you know, sure, I mean, shit, freaking the, the, what is it? New Hampshire's state slogan is one of my, it's live free or die, which is amazing. I, just, I, I mean, that. it's so aggressive, but I love it. Um, so I think we went over that in the state draft. So it's funny how those actually are kind of oddly similar in a way. Didn't, isn't this basically what, uh, what was that stupid show? Back with oh, the MTV. simple life. Yeah, the, the simple, simple life. where they would drop what's her name, those two chicks uh, in a farm, and they would make them do manual labor. Uh, that show was hilarious. It was so good. Actually, I don't think. What I are they up to, by that. the way? Now I haven't heard Paris Hilton's name in a while. Wasn't she a DJ? Oh, I know Paris Hilton. I don't know her personally, but my one of my friends is friends with her. I was gonna say you know Paris. Well, what's happening right now? You know one of you one know of Paris my Hilton. friends is friends with Paris, and. Paris is engaged and is a DJ and makes tons of money. She has all of these brands, perfumes, uh, clothing, all sorts of stuff. But this is something that only I feel like would happen with someone that I know is during quarantine. I, you know, I'm scrolling through and everyone's like, I'm watching Tiger King. Don't really have much going on. Maybe we'll make some sourdough, right? Like, yep. This is what everyone's doing. We're bored out of our yep. mind. One of my friends' Instagram stories is like making orange chicken tonight with Paris. And it's like her at Paris Hilton's house whipping up orange chicken. <laughs> and you do. I go, okay, of course. Of course that would be what you're doing right now. But she says Paris is a super sweetheart. But Nicole Richie has a clothing line, jewelry line, but she's kind of gotten off the grid a little bit, which I think is awesome. She's married to Joel Madden. They had some kids and she is a celebrity still because she is kind of in the public eye, but she also kind of isn't, which I think is awesome. Can I ask you a question? Always. I'm definitely judging and maybe I'm being a dick, but, and this isn't even like a gender (laughs) thing, but I'm going to keep it a gender thing. Why does it seem like every person, every young female, if she was famous at like a younger age, they always either have one of a couple of things. They have a clothing line. They have a jewelry line. I guess some of them become DJs. Like, I guess you could lump Paulie D into that. Like somehow he became a DJ now and he's a DJ. Shaq's a DJ. There's these paths that celebrities take when sort of like maybe their star isn't as bright as it used to be. Christian Cavallari, one of them. And like, I know they want to start businesses. I totally understand that. Does everyone have a clothing line that was at one point famous in their life? It's unbelievable. And who was buying these clothes? Who? I don't know. Jessica Simpson made a billion dollars off her clothing line. And I'm like, who is shopping for Jessica Simpson apparel? Haven't even thought about Jessica Simpson in a decade. Sorry, nothing against her. She was great, you know, back in the day. But again, who are the, who are the people? Did you buy any Jessica Simpson stuff? Like who's the one celebrity that you're like, I'm buying their stuff. Is there one? It's a good question. Have you bought any at Uncommon James? I have not. I went to the store in Nashville just to see it. And I was like, this is it. No disrespect, Kristen. Like, I appreciate the hustle. But it's a small space with Mm -hmm. jewelry. I I mean, it was cute. Don't get me wrong. But just not really, you know, the show builds it up. The show makes it seem like this big thing. Um, I'm trying to think, is there one celebrity that if they came out with something, I would be like, I'm going to check it out. That's a good question. You know, 
you're probably going to laugh at this, but you know who I love is Ina Garden, the barefoot contestant. Oh, what does she have? Well, doesn't she have cookware, I guess? It's probably, I don't that's... think she has cookware, but if she came out with cookware and she was like, hey, to make this panna cotta with balsamic strawberries, you need this bowl, I'd probably buy it. This bowl and good olive oil. And great olive oil. Yeah. Um, I, I always know? love that distinction. You know who else I love? We talked about this in A Plus content. I love Allison Roman, who's also a chef. Oh, I feel yeah. like I'm influenced by chefs. I love food. And when you're in the kitchen, sometimes it is difficult to execute certain things if you don't have the right tools. And so I, I and I know it's all propaganda. They're, it's product placement yeah. inside videos and inside TV shows, and they're getting paid for it. I get all of that. But sometimes if you're cooking and they're like, you need a deep pan or a Dutch oven and you're like, oh, okay, well, I only have this big pot and then your chicken doesn't come out the way you expect. You're like, damn it. It's because I didn't have the Dutch. You know what it is, Steve? It's like when you play golf and you suck at playing golf, you're like, it's my clubs. Mm-hmm. It's the clubs. Yeah, it's never it, you, of course. It's not yeah, my skills. It's not my my skills as a culinary artiste. It's because I didn't have the Dutch oven that Allison Roman has. So I feel like I am influenced by that big time. The other day, Someone that I follow on social media was talking about this olive oil that they take every morning. They take a shot of olive oil every oh. morning, and it's supposed to be good Wait, for you. Wait, were you supposed health. to do apple cider vinegar? Wasn't that the thing? Now it's olive oil? Yes. Both are good for you. Both have health benefits. But this olive oil specifically is supposed to be good for, it's an elixir. It's supposed to be good for health and longevity. I bought it. You better, you bet your ass I bought it. Um, hey, but crazy I, idea. Uh, <laughs> instead of just taking a shot of olive oil, maybe like put that on a salad and just eat it like a normal person. Is that no, like, this is, this is, I'm pulling it up. I have to read it to you now. Um, is it not normal olive oil? I don't understand. No, it's, it's clearly special. Okay. So you can't, um, you, you're not supposed to like put it in cooking. That's what you're saying. No, no, no. It's just a shot. See, that's, that's why would you do that? I don't get that. I don't get these trends sometimes. Um, but I did do one time. I did do a shot of apple cider vinegar. one time I tried it. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try to be healthy for one day. And, uh, that was the last time I did it. Wasn't great. It's like fish oil too. If you take a fish oil thing, then it makes your breast smell like fish the rest of the day. Okay. So this olive oil is called an elixir. It is science-backed, fully tested. It's an olive oil with polyphenolic health properties. Okay. And she grew up in Greece. <laughs> it's called it's called the living elixir, Steve. And it says that it, it invigorates each body system with a powerful combination of plant-based superphenols. So sure. it is derived entirely from a recent harvest of hand-picked Mediterranean olives. And it is a journey of total body resilience. Just what so does you it know. do? What are the claimed health benefits? Okay. It's got a lot of antioxidants in it. It's got one, two, three, four, five. It's got several antioxidants in it. I don't, even, I don't know what that means. I never know. It's like, okay, it's good they're, for, they're it's just good buzzwords. For it's good for anti-aging. Okay. So it stimulates healthy collagen connectivity, skin elasticity that delays the onset of wrinkles. It's also anti-inflammatory and helps prevent other sides of skin aging. It reduces oxidative stress while supporting mental clarity, and it helps to maintain heart health, and it's also anti-inflammatory. See, I feel like antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, like all those words, those are, the, those are like the health equivalents of when you're in office and people are like synergy and inclusion and like that, that they're the same thing they're just these buzzwords that all sound great but what do they actually mean i don't know 
how are they being used? How are they actually helping you on a day-to-day basis? So I very much understand. I know that this is like very much in your lane. You're, you're <laughs> going to take a shot of olive oil every day because you read it in a magazine and it seems, and it, oh. you know what? It might, it might make you feel great. And if it does, it's awesome. If it's a placebo, doesn't even matter as long as it makes you feel good. But I, I feel like this is a scam. I just, I feel like it's a scam. I'm sorry. Like I'm going to say it or just put it in a salad and be a normal person. It probably is, but you know what? I'm always searching for the next best thing. I always am searching for the next thing to keep me healthy and live a long and healthy life. And if taking a shot of olive oil every morning is going to help me live longer and help me avoid health issues, done. Let me do this. Actually, you know how I was talking about how okay, the, all the famous people, they have like a thing that they do once they're not famous and they're trying to do yeah. something. It's either, you know, the jewelry thing or that, uh, self-help books are a lot, right. Cooking totally. a cooking line or a cooking or a cookbook, right. Is totally. another example of that. Or if you go the Gwyneth Paltrow, you do like goop or some like se- some sort of self-help deal like that. There's a, there's like 10 things that these celebrities, all they gravitate to and they all open the same shit and they just sell it. And people still buy, it's amazing. People buy all this stuff. Totally. Um, no, you're right. How many lines do the Kardashians have? Oh they yeah. Have, Kim has skims, which is undergarments and athleisure. Courtney has poosh, which is uh, the Kardashian version of goop. Chloe has a denim line. Kylie has cosmetics. Now Kendall has a tequila, right? This is what celebrities Everybody's got do. a tequila. Tequila is another one. That's a great one. Guy, mostly guys. One. Yeah. Clooney, right. He's got a tequila. Uh, he sold it. Guys. 1 billion. Yeah. Good for him. Uh, Casamigos is not bad. Yeah, it's pretty good. But everyone's got a tequila, of course. It's just funny. Like they all gravitate to the same shit. So what should we do once this podcast? I don't know. Something that something that doesn't matter. We should we should do something that we're here's the thing. I don't want to lead the small talk audience and the Shelleys astray and like selling something that's crap. But I feel like isn't it easy if you're famous to just make something up and be like, this is really good for you and it's my line. And people are like, sure, I totally believe this person. I'm gonna buy this thing that's gonna help my hair grow or help my nails look longer or whatever, my skin glow a little bit. And it may or may not work, but you're gonna do it because you like this famous person. Okay. So what's something that we could genuinely endorse to not leave the Shelleys astray or genuinely create that we would like and they would also like all the Shelleys that we have met and we know that listen to this podcast are a good time. They're Mm -hmm. cool people that we would actually want to hang out with IRL. So when I think of that, what's things... Okay, how about this? How about this, Steve? You love maps. We both love boats. What's a better time than a boat day? Why don't we come up with a hat that is a very specific hat only made for when you're on a boat. Could be a bucket, could be a hat with a specific bill. Maybe it has some netting in it. I don't really know what it is just yet. Maybe it has a flap on the side where you can hook your sunglasses. Actually, that's not a bad idea. It's the but Shelly boat hat. Let's go. The right, Shelly boat have a great hat. title. For when Shelly's go, <laughs> when Shelly's hit the water. Okay. Yeah, when they um, get nautical. I get it. Well, this this is our next. This Shelley. is our next. So when we when we sold the shirts. And again, shouts out to everyone because they went in like three seconds. Um, we sold them because we, we thought it was a cool thing to do. And we thought people would like them. And there was really no, like, there was no like scam there. I think we like broke even. Like, it was just a cool thing that we wanted to do. Right. Right. Um, and this is the same deal. Like I, whatever our next merch drop, we were talking about maybe dad hats or something else. So maybe it'll be the, it'll be the, the Shelly boat hat. You know, bucket hats are super in again. Bucket Very hats in. are yep. all the rage. I actually, um, shout out to my friends at Arch Apparel who always hook me up with the latest gear that they have. I think I've sent you and Maddie some stuff from them, but they're a great St. Louis brand. They sent me a baby pink bucket hat and it says Sizzlin on it. Nice, nice. It's very, it's very <laughs> Which cool I love. Gear. I was like, Sizzlin. Um, however, I feel like bucket hats are making a, resurgent, a resurgence, but how can we elevate a boat hat 
Like that's our thing. Okay. So when this podcast is the number one podcast internationally across the world, really not just here domestically Mm -hmm. across the world, we need to come out with a hat line that is going to take your boating experience to the next level. Yeah. I, whether you're on the lake or whether you're at the, in the ocean, you're on a river, it yeah. doesn't matter. That's just right. Whenever you're on a boat, boat life, you'll buy this Shelly hat because I want it to be stylish, but also useful too. Functional, so we, right? We have, to, we have to do some research here because neither of us know what, but what, what you need in a boat hat, but we will find right. that out and report back. You're totally right. I want it to be accessible to all bodies of water. If you're on a float trip, the Shelly boat hat. If you're on a yacht, guess what we're bringing out? We're going nautical Shelly, the boat hat, uh, pontoon boats, jet ski, Steve, throw it on, on a jet, a good ski. jet ski. Yep. Who doesn't love a good canoeing? Maybe, maybe you have your waders on, you're going fly fishing, but you want the Shelly hat. Totally. Yep. Don't even have to be right? on a boat, just in the water. Just you're in the water. You're, you're over water, water somehow. Maybe you're going over a bridge water. and you're like, fuck it. I'm going to put my Shelly <laughs> boat hat on. <laughs> there you go. It's a ritual when you go yep. over, you know, how some yep. people are nervous to go over bridges and they, you know, hold their breath or something. Some people are just going to throw on a hat. Yep. And maybe that's part of it is that we, we do some incense or we sage the hat. So they're good luck. Well, like bless them. You know how like you like <laughs> holy water, it'll be like blessed by you and I in, a, in yes. like a weird non-religious way, but yeah, it'll be blessed by Steven by, by Srudy Michelle. We'll be good to go. Put a little yeah. bit of, you know, elixir of the mongoose on there too. Maybe we'll oh sprinkle gosh. it with some of your famous olive oil. You know, what we need to do is, you know, when you go to church and they fling the, uh, the water at you, yeah. the holy yeah. water with, what is that thing that they fling it with? It's like branches. It you know looks like a baby about? rattle and they just, it does. Just but man, that it. thing gets some distance, yeah. you know, I could be like 20 rows back and I'm like, oh my God, uh, my hair looks good today, father. But anyway, maybe since we are a St. Louis heavy podcast, even though you've never been here and you're in Connecticut. I feel big like St. We, Louis guy though. Yeah. We, you were a big St. Louis guy. We do reference St. Louis. Maybe we dip some branches in Bud Light and then we throw it on the hats for a guaranteed good time. We're blessing you to have an awesome day on the boat. It's going to smell like an old, <laughs> dirty hat that you Bud left Light. over at like a, but yeah, like a, at like a frat party. <laughs> Sick. But you know what? That is what makes it one of one is that your hat was blessed with some Bud Light. This hat's not clean, but it'll but get it you through clean, your boat trip. You know what I mean? It's not clean, but it's clean. But it's cool. Yeah, it's very yeah. nice. When I explain words there, I like that. It's good. Okay, I think we should end here and bring Jen into the conversation, yeah. but let's marinate on this. I think we were workshopping something Something's here. Something's cooking that, here. Yep. This is a billion dollar baby, okay? I'm ready to go, but we're going <laughs> to... We're going to pause here. We will bring in our friend Jen Latta and we will talk all things Wisconsin sports coming up next. So Rudy and I are so pumped to welcome in friend in life, friend of the pod, Jen Latta. You can hear her on ESPN Milwaukee. Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. If you're in St. Louis or listening from somewhere else, be sure to download the podcast, listen to it. And you also see her on ESPN all the time. She just got done doing the coverage of the Scripps Spelling Bee. Jen, I saw you interviewing Flotus. That must have been cool. It was so cool, but it was also super nerve wracking because of course, it's not just like you can walk up there and ask a bunch of questions. They all had to be vetted. We had to send them over, make a few rewrites. And so the pressure in that situation is of course to ask the questions that were on the sheet that were approved (laughs) by Flotus and her people. So that was where I was a little nervous, like no ad-libbing, Jen, no ad-libbing. 
Totally. Well, you did a great job. It was amazing. But Milwaukee right now, Wisconsin in general, is kind of the center of the sports universe. You have the Brewers leading the NL Central. The Bucks are in the NBA Finals. Of course, the drama with Aaron Rodgers. So we thought, who better to talk to about everything that's happening in Wisconsin sports than Jen? So I think we're going to start with the NBA Finals just because the Bucks tied things up last night, evening the series at two apiece. So Saruti, as a resident NBA guy, hoops with Saruts, why don't you take it away? Really quickly, Jenna, I have two questions here to start. This just made me think of this. How annoyed are you of hearing people talk about how this finals isn't awesome? Because it is awesome. And everyone's like, oh, it's the Bucks, it's the Suns, or not. There's not enough star power, which is actually ridiculous because you've got a ton of all stars. You've got several future Hall of Famers, and, 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 and Chris Middleton, who was, probably had the game of his life last night, uh, and especially in the last couple of minutes to, to get that thing over the top. How annoyed are you and, and the people of the greater Milwaukee, Wisconsin area? Like, are you just annoyed at people who are saying this isn't a great finals? Because it is. It's super annoying. Um, and we have had to, on our show, like walk ourselves back off of the ledge because we feel like we are like championing the Milwaukee Bucks and we are cheerleading for the city. You know, of course, there was that drama on first take with Molly Kiram calling Milwaukee a terrible city. So, of course, we brought Stephen A. and Max Kellerman on our show the very next day to like explain what they meant. And of course, they were such great sports about it. But I think like there's just this perception again, maybe it's the, the whole West Coast, East Coast thing. And because we're right smack in the middle of the country, there's just an unknown about our area. And I think people just assume that if they don't know about it, it's because it's not worth knowing about. And so that's a big reason why a lot of people, I think, underestimate Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the Midwest, and certainly some of the teams from here. Um, I think that Giannis, what people here in Wisconsin know is that he is just an incredibly lovable, um, hardworking character, easy to root for. Um, But I think when you look across the league, and this is something that came up yesterday, he doesn't seem to be boys with anybody else mm-hmm. in the league. It doesn't seem like he's in. He's certainly like not that, in the banana you? boat group, I you like know? That. And I think that that affects the perception of him, which is crazy. He's definitely like the loner kid in high school who's like exceptionally good at what he does, but doesn't really have time for, you know, being in the cliques and being in the drama. And, you know, we made the argument yesterday that if LeBron is the prom king of the high school that is the NBA and he's invited Giannis to work out with him and be in Space Jam and Giannis keeps saying, nah, man, I'm good. Like at some point that's going to rub the prom king the wrong way, you know? And so I think that that's kind of following Giannis a little bit. Um, But this team is tremendous. The games have been incredible. Um, You know, having to decide between which is a better story, Chris Paul winning a ring after 16 years in the league or Giannis, a kid who was drafted when he was 18, totally unknown, used to share shoes with his brother when they would play basketball games in Greece, would sleep in the gym. Like these are incredible Mm -hmm. stories. And so like, I think if people start embracing the storylines a little more, instead of being so preoccupied with, oh, what teams aren't in the NBA finals, I think they could really get on board and enjoy it. I'm with you. It bothers me, actually, because if, if you're a Hoops fan, it doesn't matter. Who cares about the market? It doesn't really matter. As a person who grew up in the Northeast, uh, Michelle could tell you this. Uh, when I went to Madison, I've never been to Milwaukee, heard great things about it, um, and I would like to get there at some point. But Madison is one of my favorite places on earth. I would move there tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> so I am the mist- I'm an adopted son now of Madison, and I always like to call myself that. But um, getting back to Giannis, I want to ask you this. And I'm going to steal this from something we used to do back on uh, the Rochelle Show days. There's been a lot of like ups and downs with Giannis, right? It's, it's kind of like Ben Simmons, but not quite. I think he's obviously better than Ben Simmons, but it's a lot about what he can't do versus what he can do. And I think in this finals, he's doing things that we haven't seen since Shaq, but it's still, oh, he can't shoot free throws. You know, he can't, he doesn't have a consistent jump shot, but he does a million other things that are great. So put your bias aside because I generally want to know, do you think 
Giannis is overrated, underrated, or properly rated by the masses. Okay, so this is always tough because you're talking about a guy who has two MVPs under his belt, a defensive player of the year under his belt. So you could make the argument that, like, how could he possibly be underrated? But there feels like there's always an asterisk to those titles and those accolades. I feel like you hear things like, James Harden saying, oh, it's not that hard to be seven feet tall and dunk. You got I got to have some skills. And you've got the Kevin Durant story that Jay Will told like a few weeks ago where he was like, don't compare me to that guy, to which Kevin Durant was like, I never said that. And Jay Will was like, why would I make it up? <laughs> you know, that kind of drama. Um, so you have people who still don't give him credit for what he can do. You're right. There's so many narratives about, oh, he struggles with his outside shooting and, you know, his jump shot is still not great. And he obviously struggles with the free throws. I think it's because Giannis wants to be the very best. He wants to be in that upper echelon of, of talent in the NBA. And I think in his mind, he's convinced himself that in order to do that, I'll use a phrase from baseball, he has to be a five tool player. And he's exceptional at like two of the tools. So I think what you're starting to see is a little bit of an acceptance, especially now in this postseason run of let's just be amazing at those two tools and let's work on some of those other tools in the off season. Once it rolls around, you can work on it during the regular season. But I think that sometimes when he goes up against, you know, high level talent, like a Kevin Durant, he wants to show that he belongs in that conversation. And I think he starts to force things that may not necessarily be there. There's no doubt that this guy is a top five talent in the league, but I think so much of the narrative is the things that he can't do that a lot of people are blinded by that. Okay, Jen, let's go from one MVP in Wisconsin to another. Aaron Rodgers, I feel like I cannot turn on the TV without seeing something about Aaron Rodgers. Will he play for the Packers? Is he going to retire? And it seems to me like even though Aaron Rodgers is the reigning MVP, one of the best to ever do this, that the Packers are actually in the driver's seat here. You are obviously living it day to day, so correct me if I'm wrong. But it seems like the Packers are going to sit pat and let him make this choice. Is he really stubborn enough to not play? to retire. Do you think that the ego is such that to prove his point and to make them squirm that he would actually walk away? Earlier this year, Michelle, I would have said absolutely, because having covered Aaron Rodgers, the way he handles certain relationships, the way he has used motivation from slights, you know, we keep talking about the fact that, you know, he has a recruiting letter, or at least last check, he had a recruiting letter from somebody at Purdue who said, good luck in your attempt at a college football career, right? And he obviously turned that into something. Um, the slight of falling in the draft, um, all of those things have really motivated him. It's that famous chip on the shoulder. I've never seen an instance where Aaron Rodgers feels like he's been wronged and is the quote unquote bigger man and is the quote unquote, you know, bury the hatchet guy. Like that's just not something we've seen from Rodgers. So if he were to do that, this would be quite an evolution of his character. This would be quite a deviation from what we've seen for all of these years. Is he capable of doing it? I, I assume, yes, he is. You know, he likes to tell us how smart he is and he likes to kind of, uh, let everybody know that he's the smartest guy in the room. Um, but I do think that what we have seen from him indicates that he would dig his heels in and that he would not acquiesce and, you know, decide not to play instead of playing for guys that he doesn't like in Brian Gutekunst and Mark Murphy. See, any success that he would have with the Packers going forward would also be attached to those guys. Because those guys built the roster. Those guys put the pieces around Aaron Rodgers that would get them to any high level. And, and the, they're the guys who put together the team that was in the NFC Championship game, right? And I always tell our guys, 
go ahead and split the pie. Go ahead. Show me how to split the pie. Tell me what percentage of it is Aaron Rodgers. Tell me what percentage of it is the guys around him. Tell me what percentage of it is coaching. Cause that's an impossible equation to try to figure out. I think Aaron thinks he's probably the majority of the reason for the team's success, but I guarantee those guys would make a really good argument for them being and the moves that they've made and the other players being a big reason for their success. So Aaron would have to swallow his pride. He would have to be okay with those guys getting credit for any success that the team has while he is under center. And he would have to do that for the teammates in the locker room. Cause every time we talk about this guys, that's literally the only thing we can come up with. You've got the competitiveness of him. Yes. But I think that cuts both ways, right? Cause he's so competitive. He would want to play, but he's also so competitive that he wouldn't want to be seen as the quote unquote loser in this what I've called a bleep measuring contest for the last <laughs> few months. Um, but if he cares about his teammates, if he genuinely wants to go out there and win it with those guys again, then I think that's something that could motivate him to get back out on the field. But until I see it happen, I am firmly in the camp of we have seen the last of Aaron Rodgers in a Green Bay Packers uniform. Okay. And I want to ask you this because Milwaukee, Wisconsin as a whole, I feel like St. Louis Milwaukee, a lot of Midwestern cities, a lot of mid-market Midwestern cities have a lot of the same characteristics. And one thing about these cities and these markets is that we like our guys to love us and to understand us and to appreciate the adoration that they get from markets like St. Louis, Milwaukee, Green Bay, et cetera. So how is this going over with Packers fans? Because Aaron Rodgers is the guy, but if he doesn't want to be there, I know how it would go over in St. Louis. It doesn't matter what that guy did wearing that laundry. If he doesn't want to be there, I feel like a lot of people in the Midwest are like, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. See you later. Yeah, there's definitely a portion of the population that has already reached that point from the moment that they heard that Aaron Rodgers didn't want to be in Green Bay anymore. They were like, see ya. We'll make the next guy into a future Hall of Famer, right? Because the G, the Green Bay Packers existed before Aaron Rodgers and they will exist long after Aaron Rodgers. But then there are other people who say he gives us the best chance to win. Aaron Rodgers has never been a lovable character. And that is with him doing a lot of charity work and with him giving back to the community and with him, you know, visiting the children at the children's hospital years and years ago. He just was never fully embraced the way that Brett Favre was. And I think what bothers a lot of people is that they feel like they've already been through this divorce. If you're a lifelong Packers fan, you went through this with the starting quarterback who you gave your allegiance to, who you gave your fandom to, who you gave your Sundays to in Brett Favre. And Brett Favre obviously made the decision to go play for somebody else. And that was totally unceremoniously. So then you feel like, okay, well, at least that's not going to happen again. And then you start to see the signs, you know, it would be like if you got remarried and all of a sudden you're starting to see the signs that led to your first divorce. And you're like trying to like pump the brakes and figure out how to stop it. And you know that you have no control over it. So I do think a lot of fans are protecting their hearts, you know, because they don't want to be burned again with the star quarterback, future Hall of Famer turning his back on them. But I do believe that they think this team is going to struggle if Jordan Love is forced out there under center a year before the brass would like him to. So they're torn. And that's really what it comes down to is like, do you want your team to win or do you want the guy under center to want to be there? 
um, because it is an investment. It's a great point that you made, Michelle. You invest so much in your local sports teams and you expect there to be that reciprocity. You expect them to appreciate the investment you've made and and the fandom that you have. Um, And I think the other thing is, we talk about this a lot with fans. Fans don't understand especially in blue collar communities like a Milwaukee, like a Green Bay, probably like St. Louis as well. They don't understand this concept of not just going to work and doing your job. You know, and we hear from a lot of people that are like, you signed a contract, fulfill your obligation, do your job, go to work. Do you think everybody out there likes their boss? No, most people don't like their bosses, but they do their jobs and they don't really like the entitlement that it looks like Aaron Rodgers is showing when he sits there and goes, yeah, I don't know if I want to play. I don't know. We'll find out in a couple of weeks. That's actually a great segue then. Let's assume a few things. Let's assume, and I don't want to put any bad juju out there, but let's assume the Bucs win a title. This year, future with Giannis, he's the centerpiece, and they win a title with Giannis there. And let's also assume that there is some weird Favre-esque breakup between the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Maybe this year, maybe in the future, he plays for another team. There's definitely some weird blood there, right? In that scenario, how would you rank Favre, Rodgers, and Giannis as far as the most beloved athletes in that Milwaukee, Green Bay area? Do you think Giannis can be that guy? So it's tricky because Wisconsin is at its core a football state. Mm-hmm. I mean, even with the Bucks being in the NBA Finals, you've got pockets of this state that couldn't tell you what night the games are on. Wow. They're just not Bucks fans. Um, you know, they'll they're waiting for, you know, the football season to start, whether it's the Badgers or whether it's the Packers or maybe even their high school team, but just not NBA fans. So I've made this argument before where I've said, if Giannis wins a title, the first one, you know, in in almost 50 years here in Milwaukee, he will skyrocket up that list that you mentioned. And it's interesting because concurrently you're seeing Aaron Rodgers further fall down that list in the minds of a lot of fans. Brett Favre is considered Teflon in this state. It's crazy. I mean, it is crazy. That is wild. It's crazy because he goes out there and he says these things that divide the fan base. And he obviously did all the stuff in New York where people were like, you know, but the way that it's seen by so many Packers fans is that's Brett. Good old Brett, you know, and they kind of like laugh it off. So I feel like he will always be, a lot of people's favorite athlete in Wisconsin. But I do think that any titles that Giannis brings and because of his story, right, it's being turned into a Disney movie, guys, like that will continue to reverberate across the state. So I think he'll only continue to get closer and closer to the you know, pedestal that so many people still have Brett Favre on here in this state. Okay, I have two life questions to throw your way, but before we do that, fill in the blank for me. The Bucks win the NBA Finals if the Bucks win the NBA Finals if they can ride the momentum from the last two games, get this next one in Phoenix, and then come back to Pfizer Forum with the crowd behind them, with the momentum that we talked about, with guys who have been struggling in certain areas, finding their shots, guys like Drew Holiday, maybe even PJ Tucker, and um, and I don't think that's that far fetched. I think there was a point during last night's game, which was Wednesday, where it was like three minutes to go and the officiating had been dreadful and guys were struggling and they started out really weird. It was a weird vibe in the arena. Like, I don't know if it was nervous energy or what, but with about three minutes to go, I said to myself, if they can somehow pull this off, if they can somehow overcome all of those things I just mentioned, 
they're going to win the whole thing. And then it was, you know, a great rebound here, a clutch three here, you know, a steal here, a block, the Giannis block. And you were like, whoa, all of a sudden you started to feel like this is a team of destiny. This is a team that can actually do this thing. So I think if you ride the momentum from these last two games and get this win on Saturday in Phoenix, it's theirs. I'm cheering for you guys, obviously. I'm like, yes, go Milwaukee, go Wisconsin. Okay, before we let you go, Jen, since you are a friend in life, and honestly, I think if I needed advice from anyone or a ruling on something, you're a great person to call because you're level-headed, you have life experience. So I thought Jen is the perfect person to ask these two questions to. So I was in Miami at a bachelorette party over the weekend. Miami, very different place. Hadn't been really out anywhere like Miami since pre-pandemic. And I forgot what it's like to go somewhere like that. But two questions I need a ruling on. Number one, I was walking to the bathroom and a man stopped me and said, oh my gosh, congratulations. And I said, on? And he goes, being so gorgeous. Pick up, pick up lines. Is it so bad that it's good or is it just too bad, too cheesy walk away? No, cringy, cringy, <laughs> cringy. Like when you said it, I immediately was like, um, and I think that's probably how I would have responded to it. I would have been like, oh, swing and a miss, you know, because I know I don't think a pickup line is the way to go anymore. Um, I think it's just being genuine, saying hello, like you forget how often people just don't say hello anymore. We're buried in our phones. We're so Mm -hmm. on a mission to get where we're going. I think that can sometimes startle someone out of the coma that they're in. And, you know, (laughs) it doesn't hurt if someone's good looking and, you know, you kind of make eye contact. I think that's always going to be the way to go. Just like exchange a normal pleasantry. Mm -hmm. You know, if somebody's wearing a Bucks hat, you, you know, you happen to notice it and say, go Bucks. You know, that's something I saw a dude the other day and not that I'm picking up guys because I'm obviously happily married with children. Um, but I saw a guy wearing a Bears jersey at the Bucks game the other night and I walked over to him and was like, yeah, Justin Fields, let's go. You know, like that type of stuff is more authentic and natural than the, you know, did you just fall from heaven or whatever those other garbage lines are? Totally. I laughed and he was like, can I buy you a drink? I went, no, <laughs> no, you cannot. But that was funny, I guess. Um, but Sabrina thought it was cringy. And I'm like, am I too tough of, a, tough of a judge? And I was like, Jen will know. Jen will give good advice well, Do here. people use people use pickup lines unironically anymore? I didn't even know that was a thing. I feel like, Michelle, someone would be like, go cards. As to, to your point, Jen, you'd have a better chance of talking to Michelle yeah. for longer than if you use a weird pickup line. So I don't know, not to give anybody advice out there, but that's, that's the way to go. <laughs> Well, and you don't want to go too far in the other direction either, right, Michelle? Because I know that this is something you've probably experienced where you start talking sports and a guy thinks that it's his job to educate you mm-hmm. in the space, right? And mm-hmm. you become that meme of the guy talking to the girl and whisper, <laughs> you know, like talking. Yeah. And she's yeah, the rolling yeah. her eyes. Um, so you can go too far in the other direction as well. Okay, final question for Judge Jen here. Another observation I had from Miami is that it doesn't really matter where you go. It could be an elevator, maybe the lobby of a hotel, a nice restaurant. I even noticed it when I was in the sand on the beach. In Miami, your face is constantly getting assaulted by cologne. Everywhere you go, seems like people drench their bodies in it. I'm a fan of a good perfume. I like guys to wear cologne, but what is too much cologne? How many squirts seems to be the appropriate amount? So full disclosure, I do not wear perfume. Um, Like back in the day, I had a scent, you know, you have your signature scent, right? And then of course you would smell that scent and it would remind you of where you were in your life at that time. Like, I feel like you have to change that because all of a sudden you're thinking of an ex-boyfriend or like, you know, whatever was going on in your life at that time. 
So I am not a great expert on how much perfume one should wear. I think I was a wrist gal. I put a little thing on the wrist, maybe behind the neck a little bit. I also used to at one point wipe it behind my knees because somebody uh-huh. told me that like your knees sweat and it's just another way of like a good place okay. for the scent to come from. But it's funny because <laughs> I definitely got to the point where when my husband would um, fart, he would spray his cologne. Oh, no. And then all of a sudden <laughs> the cologne became like the Pavlovian response to the farting. Oh my gosh. Sometimes that's worse too. <laughs> Daria's popping in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So it got to the point where then I was like, you know, we'd get dressed up to go for a night out and all of a sudden, you know, it'd be like, should I put the cologne on or no? No. Cause the cologne reminds me of the farts. Yeah. So like, <laughs> actually yeah. no, the cologne is not doing its job. Um, but I also don't wear deodorant. What? And the only time I wear it is if I'm going like somewhere like to an interview where I know I'm going to sweat and like, I need to be, I need to present myself in a certain way, but like day to day, don't wear it. Not even natural deodorant, nothing, (laughs) not even natural deodorant. Natural deodorant actually is sometimes worse. So I think you're better off going no deodorant sometimes than natural deodorant. So like, I don't wear it to go to the gym because I feel like well, we're all sweating. Um, and it's there. funny because it was like maybe 10 years ago or so I started to get really freaked out about chemicals in my body, mm-hmm. you know, and we're so aware of like natural products and whatnot. And so I was like, wait, what exactly is in this deodorant that is keeping me from sweating? Like this can't be good. And I'm putting it on my armpits, you know, and it's like <laughs> seeping into my skin. So I think I definitely like scared myself out of wearing deodorant. And now I'm to the point where it's like, my family doesn't care. I mean, if they do care, they don't say one way or another. And I mean, I show up wearing a ball cap and sweats to radio every single morning. So mm-hmm. I guess it's probably safe to say that if you see me on college game day, I have deodorant on, but most other days, nah. Yeah. If you're down in like Baton Rouge, LSU, I feel like it, that's a different story than just sitting in a studio, you know, like you're probably okay in a cool studio, but I would imagine anytime there's a game day mm-hmm. down South, that could be a problem for you. Now, do you think that's going to change how people view me? Do you think there are people out there going, Jen Latta, she stinks. I know because they're probably not around you. So it doesn't really affect them directly, right? They're like, oh, whatever. It's her choice. Do your thing. Like, I I think people would respect it. If they were standing next to you on a hot day, they might think a little bit differently. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but, but I think it'll be all right. I have to tell you, I think the response from people is going to be like, I'm impressed because I have been around you a lot in person and never once thought you smelled bad. So the fact that you don't wear deodorant and you also don't have BO is kind of a revelation. What's your secret? Like, how do you not have BO? I don't know. (laughs) I wish I could tell you. you I wish I could tell you what the answer to that is, but like. Yeah. I mean, and and look at, do I definitely sweat when I work out? Of course. Do I stink when I work out? If I sit in my clothes for longer than I should? Absolutely. But like, I just don't, I've never been one of those people who like every morning, wake up, you brush your teeth, you put your contacts in, you wash your face, you swipe the armpits with deodorant. Like Mm -hmm. I just skip that step. Okay. So the answer to the cologne question is any squirt is too much. I would say more than one, but that's me. from a dude's perspective. I would only wear it if I was going to a nice place that was indoors. I would never do it if I was going somewhere outside. I definitely don't do it if I'm just around the house, obviously. I, there, I remember dudes in college used to like love it. They would just always want to have that musk going. And you're like, guys, settle down. This isn't helping you out one way. It's actually probably hurting you more than it's helping you. And then now that I'm an adult, I really don't have any need for it. On top of that, every cologne commercial is, is terrifyingly weird. So I also don't feel like I want to put that vibe out there. So I'm very much anti-cologne. Yeah. And I have a 12 year old guys. So like Chase is getting to that space now oh, where like, yeah. you know, he's starting to wear deodorant and yeah. he's starting to be very conscious of what the girls think of him. And we are not 
at all even close to the axe body spray world like he has never been like hey can we pick up some axe body spray like no right now we're still fighting with him to take showers like after baseball practice we're like you have to take a shower axe was such a big deal back in the day though whenever new scents would come out dudes would lose their mind over the new axe spray, which is just (laughs) insane to think of now because i'm like ew hard pass we're still doing that but it's, it's crazy how big of a deal that was I think Miami's just behind the curve, Michelle. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like when I go out in places. And like I said, I was at a concert on Friday night and interacting with a lot of different people. And I never felt assaulted by anyone's smell, good or bad. So yeah. I just don't know if cologne is like a real thing anymore. I don't know if a lot of people are out there like spritzing themselves before they go out. Tell that to Miami. Tell that to Miami because I would get in the elevator to go down to the beach every morning. And I was like, my God, it's hanging in the air. It's worse than the humidity. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if in the Midwest people are really dousing themselves in Aquadigio, but in Miami, let me tell you, sales are up. Sales are up. Well, this was so great, Jen. Thank you so much. We know you're so busy with everything going on with work, with your family, with the NBA finals happening. But thank you for taking the time out to chat with us. It's always great to talk to you. Thanks, Jen. Oh, thanks, guys. Appreciate you all. Great conversation with Jen, Steve. I feel like we got up to date on everything Milwaukee slash Wisconsin sports. Yeah, again, some point I'll get there. Uh, Jen also Marquette grad. You know that I didn't know where Marquette was for like most of my childhood. You grow up and really? Wayne Wade went to Marquette. Uh, Jimmy Butler went to Marquette. I used to always love their uniforms. Probably from like age 10 to 20, I had absolutely no idea where Marquette was. And it's in Milwaukee. Shout out Jen. I feel like I felt that way about Gonzaga for a long time when I was younger. I would always hear about Gonzaga. And for some reason, I always thought it was like in North Carolina or something. And I remember being young and someone telling me it was in Washington. And I was like, what? Gonzaga's in Washington. When I was a kid, I used to think there's so you might know this. There's a Stanford, Connecticut. Yes, I know. And I used to always think that Stanford the university in California was actually in Connecticut, which made no freaking sense. That's actually hilarious. Uh, yeah, pretty stupid. Pretty dumb. Pretty dumb. I always get confused, oh too. The Washington University of St. Louis. That doesn't make any sense to me. Washington right? University in St. Louis. Yeah. Yes. Washington University. would be like, okay, why would that not be in either the state or the, the territory? Um, but no, it's just named after George Washington, right? Beautiful campus, Steve. It looks heard- like Hogwarts, Harry Potter. It's an I- the Ivy of the Midwest. The, okay. I've, I have heard it's a good school. I didn't want one random kid go. that I went to high school went there. And I'm like, I've never heard of the school before. And that's, you have yeah. to be wicked smart to get into WashU. Let me tell you. Interesting. No, yeah. that, do a lot of kids, I guess, no, because you have to be smart, but do a lot of kids, you know, go there from, from St. No. Louis, from the St. Louis area. No. So it's very much like an out of, that's always so funny to me too, is when kids like that, they come from so far away to go to a very specific place like St. Louis, like all over the country to go to this really good school. And they're in St. Louis. That must be crazy culture shock for a lot of people. Totally. And it's in the heart of the city. Yeah. Interesting. Well, a lot of people I know that went to Wash U from other places ended up staying in St. Louis, though, because they love it so much. Of course, you would say that. Just saying. It's true. I was talking to this guy the other day who is from New York City and ended up staying in St. Louis after he went to Wash U. He's like, I love it here. I'm like, who doesn't? It's just so amazing. I get it. Anyway, Steve, before we get to a review, I just want to tell you that I briefly Googled boat hats Mm -hmm. and a bucket hat, a cream bucket hat came up with the word MILF on it. Oh. And then underneath it, it says, man, I love fishing. Okay. Oh, wait, really quickly. Actually, MILF, really quickly. Man, I love fishing, a new acronym for MILF. Okay, this is great. Really, really, really quickly. Did okay. you see the LeBron uh, Instagram story yeah, where he yeah. called himself a DILF? Yeah. Where, where are we at on that? I, I'm just going to say it. And I've, I've been saying this for a while. 
LeBron, I love you on the court. I love everything about your game. I think you are probably, I would say, the best basketball. Like, I'm not saying there's a difference between the greatest and the most talented. I think LeBron is the most talented, probably best basketball player ever. I think Jordan's a better winner, competitor, whatever. But man, that guy, he called himself a dilf. Is that acceptable? I mean, I get like jokingly calling your wife a milf. I think it's funny. Uh, but he did that. He did that unironically. It's so LeBron. And like a lot of his social media shit is so cringeworthy that like I try to look past it because he's such a great basketball player. But my God, what are we doing? Did he also give himself the name King? He called himself. Well, so should we be surprised by this at all? He did that in high school. And I guess you got to forgive yeah. people. And it just kind of stuck. Right. So he calls himself King. And he refers to himself as like, yeah, watch King. So we're, su- we're surprised that the three versions later of LeBron, he's now calling himself Dilf, and we're supposed to be surprised. It's, it's just, he's sneaky, the worst person on social media. He's sneaky. Awful. Taco Tuesday. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and then how about the one, the selfie where he's like, ah, oh, just soaking it all in. I can't believe this is my life. And you're just, what is happening right now? Oh. <laughs> kind of appreciate because he probably can't believe this is life. Sometimes, okay. sometimes I do stuff on the radio, Steve. Like we interviewed Mark McGuire this week and I asked him about the home run chase and I've interviewed Mark a few times and he's like, you know what? I asked him a question. He's like, that's a really good question. And I haven't really thought about that. And he goes into this unbelievable answer about the home run chase and about trying to soak in the moment. And after I wrapped with him, I'm like, if you would have told baby Michelle watching the home run chase of the late nineties with McGuire and Sosa that one day she's going to be interviewing him, representing her hometown, Mm -hmm. talking to Mark McGuire about what he felt during that moment. I wouldn't have believed you. So I totally think that even though he's LeBron and he's one of the biggest celebrities in the world, when you come from a certain background and you do make it and your dreams do come true, it still is surreal sometimes. So I kind of respect him for being real like that. Yeah. Like he idolizing Michael Jordan, and now he's coming out with Space Jam too. Of course he can't believe that's his life. No, I know. Which, by the way, the early reviews on that, not great. We'll see if well, people you saw the trailer, being... right? I did. Um, I just thought it was a mistake to make it in the first place. It's just so like, it had been so long. Um, but I don't, I don't dislike LeBron for remaking a movie. That's not, that's what I'm saying. I just think he could be quite corny on social media. Sometimes he tweets and, you know, Instagrams like an 18 year old and it's like, okay, come on, dude. And it's unironic. That's the thing. Sometimes people do that like ironically and it's funny and whatever. He's doing all this stuff completely unironically. He's also a dad of three. He's a dad. So yeah, but he also he still be- acts like he's the coolest person in the room all the time too. So you can't have it both ways. Totally. But like. Once you become a dad, dad mode gets activated. And part of that package is that you're going to be weird on social media. Yeah, but he's been, it's been dad mode since he was like, since he can't kind of came into the league. I'm not even trying to hate on LeBron. I'm just saying that the, the social media stuff, not great. He's got a lot of great things going for him. Social media is not it. I love anyway. LeBron. Okay. So here's the review, Steve from Samo. I don't know if I did this one. So stop me if I did. Rosillo topic. Uh, Five go. stars. I've been so. listening to you both since the RK days, a true day one Shelly. And I can't believe that Sir Rudy thinks that Kate Winslet is better than Nicole Kidman. Truly his worst take ever. Bring back the man bun. <laughs> uh, is that contra? Here's the thing. There's a lot happening with that review. Yeah, first off, I, <laughs> the man bun, I would actually like to have it back. I'm just not going to go through that weird, awkward stage. Um, but real quick, if you're making a movie, I would say that Kate Winslet and you needed the best actress there was. This is no disrespect to Nicole Kidman, but Kate Winslet's higher up on that list. I don't even think that's controversial, right? Come on. 
I think they're tied for first. I think you can no both way. in for an audition. Totally. You're you're having mayor of East Town bias right now. I just feel like Kate Winslet's been in more great things than I don't Nicole know. Kidman. I don't know, Sarudi. Nicole Kidman has rarely a miss. Just saying. If we were just calling well, I mean, she did marry of- Tom Cruise. That's <laughs> Big miss. <laughs> big, okay, big we're talking miss. personal life here. We're not talking. It's film. all of the above. I don't really know no. much about Kate Winslet's personal life, but she, I think, is married with some kids. Sure, good for her. But I, I'm just saying, if I'm casting, if I need the best female lead I can get, I'm going with Kate Winslet every single time. Well, according to this reviewer, you are wrong. Well, wow, sorry, two reviews in a row dissing your takes. Last week it was DMB rules with a Z. This week it's yeah. like I can't believe that you like Nicole or you don't like Nicole Kidman more than Kate Winslet. That's right. This is a healthy disagreement. I'm okay with this. This is, this is a good. This is a good thing to have in society. So it's okay. I agree. And this person also wants you to bring back the man bun, which was a very great look for it you. It was a popular so. look, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry to disappoint you. It's not going to happen. All right. Well, that concludes this episode of the podcast. Steve and I will hopefully be back in action next week. But until then, bucks and seven. Boat hats for everybody. Thanks for listening to Small Talk. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app.